Welcome to the Orange County Catholic Radio Show. Each week, we bring you compelling conversation with church leaders and laity, talking about the things going on in our diocese and discussing the important issues that impact the world around us. We're coming to you from our studios on the campus of Christ Cathedral in Garden Grove, where Catholic faith is crystal clear. Here now to introduce our guest and today's topic is your host, Rick Howick. And welcome to Orange County Catholic Radio. I'm Rick Howick, your host, and with me today is Mary Flock. Mary, welcome to our show. Thanks, Rick. And Mary comes to us from St. Polycarp School here in the Diocese of Orange. And we're going to be talking to Mary quite a bit about a change that's taking place at the school for this coming school year. But before we go into any of that, Mary, if you'd be so kind as to lead us all in a brief word of prayer, I think we'd all be appreciative. Of course. And I have a great affinity for Our Lady. So if we can say Hail Mary together, I'd very much appreciate it. So in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Holy Spirit, Spirit. amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. We are never without a prayer on the show, and that's very important, especially for Our Lady. St. Polycarp School. St. Polycarp School is in Stanton. Stanton is kind of towards the upper middle of the county, roughly. Yes, yes. So North it, County. It serves a lot of, it would be serving a lot of areas. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a, a lot of connections available through freeways and things. However, you're making some changes to what's going on there where that may not be as critical. What's happening to St. Polycarp School? So St. Polycarp is being reimagined, you could say. And we have gone from your traditional brick and mortar school um, to an online academy. So this coming school year, we will be completely online and serving all the schools in the Diocese of Orange with parents who are just more comfortable with their kids staying at home this year. Okay. I had a conversation a few weeks back with Dr. Barisano, who's the superintendent for the Diocese of Orange. And she was saying that, generally speaking, the Diocese of Orange, their schools, are going to be reopening come fall, uh, and that the, the plan was to go with live people in the classrooms and students available either through direct encounter or through some sort of a hybrid program, depending upon the school. And they were still in the process of working some of that out. This is going to be different. So... I take it then that there was a call as well to have an online program, and this is kind of the answer that the Diocese of Orange is coming up with? Yes. So even before COVID, I know the diocese was thinking about doing an online Catholic option for families because they were starting to hear some people talk about it. The conversation had already come up. But then when spring happened and everybody had to go back home, it became a much more forefront conversation And when they were putting out the surveys, they found about 20% of the population in the Diocese of Orange wanted online programming for this upcoming year. So really, that's what we were created to do, was to serve those families that, regardless of whether their school opened or not, really wanted this option. So all of the schools had to go online for part of the, the last school year. Yes, and they all got to learn lots of lessons, oh, <laughs> and black yeah. and blue marks, and all sorts of things. Uh-huh. <laughs> that I take it that all of the principals and the powers that be have been communicating with you about what's gone right, what's not gone as right as they'd like, sure. and how to improve it. Sure. Well, and when we all went online in the spring, we had a weekend to figure it out and then a few days. So I... A weekend and a few days. Well, that's good. A weekend and a few more days. And it was interesting because our impression was that we would be online for maybe two weeks. So we went to emergency-based learning. Two weeks to flatten the curve. I remember that. Right? Do you remember all these conversations we had? And here we are now in August. So what programs a lot of our schools put together wasn't what we're putting together for the school now. Because it was, we were going, we were were just moving um, with the times and what was the information. And so it was different then. For the school that we're doing now, we've had some time to really program it and think about it and what it's going to look like. I've done research. Um, so it's different this time. So let me clarify for just a moment, because I'm sure we've got a few people who are sort of listening, sort of not, and only hearing part of this is suddenly panicking. 
the rest of the schools throughout the Diocese of Orange are going to continue with their regular program. Yes. Whether they're going to go back entirely or they're going to go back with a hybrid program, all of the other schools, the current plan is to go forward with a, a physical brick-and-mortar experience. Sure. Our goal, obviously, is to get the kids back in the classroom. That's, you know, that's where community is built and faith is shared. So, yes, every school except for St. Polycarp School Online Catholic Academy has plans to return onto campus and do some sort of either traditional, straight traditional curriculum on campus or have some sort of hybrid. So for those people who like their school, want to stay in their school, want to go back and experience the brick-and-mortar experience, and they've been told by their principal several weeks ago that we're planning to go back, they're still going back. Yes, okay. they are They are working on it with the waiver app. So we're not going to, to panic anybody. No. Every, everything is, is copacetic. But there are a large number of people throughout the Diocese of Orange that would like to have an online experience for whatever reason, not only because they might have their own fears about their children, but they themselves may have uh, a comorbidity or an issue that might make it so that they might not want to continue with an in-person experience for school this coming year. Sure. So this would allow them to have an option that would be a, a complete program, one designed specifically to accomplish all goals this way. Yes. And most of the families that we have been talking to, they do. They, they live with a, a grandparent who maybe has an underlying health condition or a parent who has an underlying health condition or their kids themselves. You know, a lot of our kids have asthma or allergies or whatnot. And so that's that. this is the clientele that really that we're trying to reach out to. So for... The upcoming school year then, what you're doing right now this summer, and you're at the end of summer, so it's it's coming really quick here. When's opening day? So we're going to do um, an orientation week because this is new for everybody. Yeah. And so we're starting our orientation uh, week on August 31st, and we'll talk to parents and set expectations and help put in routines for their home. Um, and then we'll talk to the kids, and then we'll do some get-to-know-you activities. And then instruction will start at the same time all the other schools are intending to start as well, which is uh, Tuesday, September 8th. Okay, so if we're looking at at this school then, this school, unlike all the other schools, is actually not going to have any kind of an actual brick-and-mortar program. There's not going to be any campus physical activity on the campus? Not for the students, but our teachers will actually be teaching from their classrooms on our campus. Okay, so they're going to have... The broadcasts, so to speak, are going to be from the, the, the school itself. Yes. And they're not going to be from someone's home. So uh, regardless of what platform you end up using, I know Zoom has issues, but you're going to end up doing it from the classroom. Yes. So they'll have all their classroom environment available. Yes. Okay. So if I had a student who used to be at your school as a physical student, because your school was a physically, it was a regular physical school. Yes. It's now going to be an online program, and that means that they're going to be they're going to receive information. I'm sure they've already received it on how to go about doing this. And you're all ready now to start a complete online curricular program. Wow! So that means also you can pull from anywhere in the in the county, and theoretically, I guess anywhere in the world, doesn't it? We already have somebody from Oregon. We wow. have two families from Temecula, so we are getting families through word of mouth coming from all over. Well, they're going to hear it a little bit on the radio, too, nice. so your first week coming back might, be, might have a few more inquiries. We'll see. All right, so if we're looking then about how to go about doing this kind of a program, what is this going to look like? Sure. So, you know, one of the things that I really wanted to do was make sure that we had that experience in a robust environment and and provide an opportunity for kids to inter- engage and build community. So. We are doing a virtual classroom. This isn't a module. This isn't a, here's a curriculum. You pay for it. You teach it at home. This is a, teachers will be in their class teaching to an interactive classroom on the platform Zoom or Google Meets or or, or whatnot. And we will teach from 820 to noon. And we're focusing primarily on English language arts, uh, math, and religion. Social studies and science will be taught to make sure that we hit all the specific standards that need to be hit. And then the kids will have an hour break. And then our afternoon hours from 1 to 3 really is geared for the kids to continue to stay engaged academically. So we'll have electives that we're offering. So we have a singing elective, a movie elective, a running elective, and to, just to name a few. And then there will be teacher office hours. Uh, kids will have uh, maybe assignments that they need to do. Um, we might be flipping classrooms, so there might be a video that they have to watch for the next day's lesson. 
So really, uh, it's those two hours. So they're not in front of the TV, but still really academically engaged. So really, we're talking about from 8 to about noon for the individual classroom instruction time where the kids will be glued to their screen. Well, they're not glued to their screen. The teacher will be providing a lesson and doing modeling for them. And then we have uh, adaptive software. So we will then split the kids up in groups, and some will go onto their adaptive software and work on different programs while the teacher works in small groups. They'll have mini breaks. They'll be able to take recesses, things like that. We're, we're well aware that the younger kids need more prep time. So you can imagine hand puppets when the teacher's teaching so that we can keep them engaged. And then a mini little break and then come back and we'll do a little bit more robust um, curriculum. But we're definitely gearing it towards the different age groups as well. And then you said you're going to have about an hour break for lunch and recess and and time away. And then when they come back, that that sounds like you've scheduled a a less intense couple of hours in the afternoon. Is that a fair way of putting it? Absolutely. And it's just, like I said, it's more to keep them just academically thinking, not necessarily... In, in your traditional kind of way. So, you know, our, our electives will meet two to three times a month, and then they'll have things to do in between meetings. So, and that's based on a child's interests. So if they like art and they go to the art class, maybe they'll start a picture, and then by the time they have to come to the next class, the next elective a week and a half later, they'll have to have finished that picture. So that's something that they're interested in, that they want to do, and so, but will also kind of maintain those standards that we need to Meet. So you mentioned that there would be office hours in between. So if the child who's doing this picture, so they've got a, a, a two vanishing point, three dimensional picture of a castle sure. they have to do. <laughs> sure. They can they can go ahead and, and schedule a time or pop into the teacher and absolutely. show on the camera. This is where I am so far. And the teacher can give instruction. Yep, absolutely. Okay. So this sounds like a wonderful opportunity. What's the downside? Um, and I, I don't know necessarily if this is a downside, but I know it's going to be our biggest challenge, and that's building community on a web-based type of environment. I, I think we have two things going for us. I think, you know, an online platform is something you teach on. Being Catholic is what brings us together as a community. So that's one thing that we have going for us. The other thing is, you know, this generation of kids, they're an online generation of kids. You know, this is how they socialize. So I'm really hoping that we can we can meet them where they're at already and then provide an opportunity to really do some Catholic values in this platform that they're already using. Because I think that piece is being missed a little bit by this generation and mostly just because a generation like mine isn't familiar with it and we're not sure how to how to meet them there. And so that's really what we're trying to do is meet them and, and provide some tools so that they can maintain their platforms but it still really be strong Catholics in that community. Wow. You're listening to Orange County Catholic Radio. With me today is Mary Flock, who is the principal at St. Polycarp School in Stanton. And St. Polycarp School is going through a transition this year. Uh, it is the one school in the Diocese of Orange that is going to go completely online. All of the other schools are going to be going to some form of in-person education, but not St. Polycarp's. St. Polycarp's is going to go entirely online. They are able, therefore, to take just about anybody who would like to have a Catholic education and wants to do it online. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit more about St. Polycarp, where it came from, what, what its background is, and then I want to talk a little bit more about you, Mary. You're listening to Orange County Catholic Radio. I'm Rick Howick, and we will be right back. Catholic Radio. I'm Rick Howick, your host, and with me today is Mary Flock. Mary is the principal at St. Polycarp School in Stanton, and St. Polycarp is the one school in the Diocese of Orange that is going entirely online this term. So if you are a parent of a child in the other schools in the Diocese of Orange, the plan still is to go forward with what their principal are talking about. This is the one school that is going entirely online. And I want to talk a little bit about that. I know the diocese w- wanted to have a program. This gives you an opportunity by making the entire school online to really focus on doing it right. But why was St. Polycarp chosen to transition that way? St. Polycarp was an existing in-person school last year. Yes, it was. And that's a great question. I get that question a lot. 
St. Polycarp School has been around for 60 years. We just celebrated our 60th Jubilee, wow. which was a lot of fun. Um, Diamonds for everyone. <laughs> yes, and it was just this past year. So this year started out great, and then, of course, you know, the pandemic. But with everything, um, the school's enrollment had been low for the last couple of years. How it, low was low? It ranged anywhere between 98 and 130. Oh, that's, that's very low. Yeah. For the last four or five years. And it hasn't reached over um, 168 kids in probably the last eight or 10 years. So yeah. it, it's definitely, um, as a former pastor once said, the best kept secret in the area. Um, I take it on all of your WASC stuff that you've encountered, the number one thing was to improve enrollment. Absolutely. But, and, and interestingly enough, the number one thing that we always scored in was Catholic identity. Wow. So it has some really great bones, the school and the tradition and the history. It just needed some promotion and, and a, a little bit of tweaking here and there. And so we were in the process of doing that. But like everything, it takes probably a good five years to turn a school around. Um, and so this was, this is the start of my third year um, and we had really started making some great progress last year in terms of culture and curriculum. And then with COVID, it just came to the point where we really weren't very sustainable as an on-campus school anymore. We were still being subsidized pretty pretty heavily by the diocese, you know, through generous donors, which was fantastic. But the County Foundation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it just, it just came to the point where in about May, I started to see some writing on the wall. Um, and I just kept asking. What's going to happen to our school community? Where where do we go from here? Are we going to have a school? You know, I, I worried about my my staff. I worried about my families. And so an idea was brought forth. Why don't we kind of start looking potentially at an online option just in case? And so um, I jumped online and I started researching everything from classical curriculum to just some online programs all throughout the United States that had really great reviews. So I went through and I read reviews. Why did why did families like these? I had started surveying my families because, as I said before, we went into emergency learning, not really distance learning. Right. So thinking we were that thrown into it really fast. Right. So thinking that maybe we'd have to start the year again online. I wanted to know what my families wanted, what they needed. Um, and how we could serve their children and their families to the best of our ability. So I'd done some surveys um, and I got some ideas. And and so when the call finally came, which was in about June, it was really this was our option. Our option was to go online or to um, close. And and that that just it's never a good option. And I wanted a, a an, you mean to close to close is never going to option for a first final option. <laughs> right. And so I and I didn't you know, my community means the world to me and these kids. This is their home. And so I wanted to make sure that we could maintain some of that for the St. Polycarp community, because it's a strong, although it's small, it's a really, really strong, very special community. We in the Catholic schools community, and I say we because I have a, a background that goes back into Catholic schools as well. Sure. We in the Catholic schools community have never done transitioning very well. Right. And when I say transitioning, I mean in, in multiple ways, but of course that includes when you have to, to close a school. What we did was locate a whole bunch of schools in a whole bunch of permanent buildings where 50, 60 years ago we thought they'd be permanently good, and it turns out that everyone moved to the suburbs. Right. <laughs> and, <laughs> That made it very hard for the finances on a lot of these schools. So we have schools that are barely surviving, and we have other schools, especially those that are a little bit newer, that located maybe a, a little more strategically, Sure. and th that made it hard. And we've just never been able to then, what do you do with the ones that are actually in an area that cannot sustain? Can you migrate them somewhere has been an option? Can you combine them with schools? Do you just keep propping them up, or do you find a new way of doing something? And it sounds like that's the option you took. You took door number three. I did. <laughs> <laughs> so this door number three, how did it go over with your community? How was the process? So I think, Rick, a lot of it, too, had to do with me coming to terms. I don't want to take on a project that I don't think that I have the right skill set for. So um, when Dr. Barisano approached me, I, I really wanted to think about it. And I said yes, but I thought I, I better think about this pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, and it was amazing how excited I started to become. And I, I was shocked by it because in the spring, 
it was not my favorite thing to do. And, and I wasn't, and it was because we were doing emergency learning. It wasn't planned. It wasn't this sort of robust, I get to be super creative. I get to explore outside the box. Um, kind of environment. You're doing this for real. It's not just a, a band-aid. Right. It is yeah. for real. And it's, and it's rebuilding a school, which I love to do. So it just started happening and, and, um, it was a God shot. And I told you God shots. God shots. We happened, talked about this during the break. And it was the Holy Spirit <laughs> and, and. What's a God shot? Our, our, our audience <laughs> has not heard that term before. And I, I, I loved it when I heard it during the break. Sure. I've always called, I've always said moments where, you're posed with a question and it's, you know, should I go forward and should I not? And you can feel the pull in your heart to go forward, but there might be some fear. And you take that chance and you go forward and it works out really well. That to me is a God shot. Okay. All right. So in this case, though, when you move forward with it, I take it that the transition has had its edges, its its of bumps? Course. Sure. What's been kind of the downside on this? Well, you know, we did have to, um, when we reimagined the school, we had to look at the staff because there's a particular set of skills that are needed to teach online and be comfortable online. And much like I had to do some soul searching, was this the kind of, was this the kind of school that I could be a, an effective principal at? We gave our teachers an opportunity to, to really make that decision. And so, all the teachers were, were let go, unfortunately, but then given an opportunity to re- reapply if they felt like it was their um, calling and they had the skill set to do so. Okay, so St. Polycarp School has kind of stopped. Yes. And St. Polycarp School Online Catholic Academy is its own entity. Yes. Now. So the people that have come back, and you've had a few of the people that used to work at the school come back. Yes. They're coming back because they have what it takes to make this happen and the other people you've hired are because they have what it takes to make it happen. Absolutely. So some of the other teachers that we've gotten from the other schools have come highly recommended. They, and really, you know, nobody has this skill set yet because this is the first virtual school that I've been able to see across the United States. But these were people. But you've who, learned a lot about uh, a lot of mistakes out there. I sure have. <laughs> but these are teachers who showed that they were comfortable enough to work online, were Im- impactful and effective yeah. um, for their students, and came highly recommended by their their principals. So they've, they, they were thrown into the fire, they didn't shrink back from it, and they were able to thrive and want to continue to grow and be part of really this pioneering journey of this virtual classroom. So while there's been a transition that's gone on here, and I take it that there's got to be a little grief and grieving for some of the people that have gone through Absolutely. it. Absolutely. There's also hope because this goes on. Are you retaining a, a good number of the students that you had before? We are actually, and I'm I'm so thankful. So the community so itself is staying primarily intact. Yes, you know we had a few that left for various different reasons, but the bulk of my community, I'd say eighty percent of my oh, families, wow. returned, and and that's been really uh, like a godsend because I think one of the biggest pieces that we really want to um, instill is community, and because I. I know some of these kids already, and I have a relationship with them. It's one of the things that we're going to implement. We're going to do an ambassador program and get these kids that are already know each other to really reach out to the kids who are coming in and and try to say, "Hey, I'm I'm your friend." When you see me on Zoom, you know we've had this conversation, and I can wave to you and introduce you to some more people. So we're we're hoping that that um, program. And we already have a couple kids in it, so it, and it's going really well so far. It's going to be very interesting to see how this model plays out. I'm glad to hear that. The Diocese of Orange has decided to take the bull by the horn, so to speak, and and have a specialized school doing it so you can look at the top-of-the-line material. Are you married to Zoom on at this point? Are you looking at all options as time goes by? We're, this year is going to be pretty much Zoom at least? Is sure. Kind of how we're looking at it? Sure. I think um, it's going to transition organically. Okay. I don't want to put too many constraints on it because this is new and I don't know where it's going. Mm. I'll control it to what I can, but then evolve with it as we see fit. Zoom has a lot of positive things that go along with it. So don't me. I uh, teach at UCR and we did over the summer, uh, I did a complete online course, but it was done from my home. And there's a problem with Zoom taught from the home. The bandwidth doesn't always go through that well. That is true. How have you had to retool the school? What about your physical structure? What about all of the stuff that's required to have 
all these different classrooms broadcasting at the same time. Sure. Well, luckily for us, we were a um, online, well, not an online, but a blended learning school before this. So our kids spent at least a third of their um, math and English language arts periods on computers. So we were already one-to-one devices and two-to-one in the lower grades. So we had a lot of usage on our bandwidth. But because we're going to this model, we have had people come in and just verify that we can do this um, from the classroom. So when they turn on Zoom, if there's an issue, the issue is going to be on the child side of the bandwidth, not your side of the bandwidth. Yes, but luckily for us, we're going to be recording the lessons and uploading them onto our platform so that if a student's absent Hmm. or something, you know, because technology, we got to love technology, you know, there are glitches in it, we'll be able to go back and still see the instruction from the teacher and be able to complete the uh, assignments. So part of what you're going to be offering them, you could take the coursework, even if you missed part of it, like you were had to be absent, you could take it later on in the evening yes. or the next day or even look at it a, a week later if necessary. Yep. So you've got all the best of both worlds. You're able to have uh, all of the instruction from the classroom, and yet you're able to stay safe for uh, COVID-19, and you're able to not only have your lessons online, but those lessons are recorded so people can look at the material at their convenience if if necessary. I take it you, you do have the – there's going to be a, a, a requirement that they look at the material as it's going on. Yes. But – No, ultimately, it's a virtual classroom. So if they're not there, they're counted absent. Okay. Um, so when if, if they have issues, they can still get the work done and see it. But, yes, it's, it's, a, it's an accountability piece for us. Well, it would also make a difference if you really are able to have that interaction sure. component. So that would be very good. Wow. You're listening to Orange County Catholic Radio. I'm Rick Howick, your host. With me today is Mary Flock from St. Polycarp Online Catholic Academy. And St. Polycarp is going to a complete online program this coming term. Uh, when we come back, I want to know a little bit more about Mary Flock and how this has affected her because she's been a part of this community now the last couple of years. And this is going to be quite a transition for her. I want to hear about your walk with faith, Mary. Sure. We will be right back. And welcome back to Orange County Catholic Radio, coming to you high atop the Tower of Hope, where Catholic faith is crystal clear. I'm Rick Howick, your host, and with me today is Mary Flock, who is the principal at St. Polycarp School Online Catholic Academy. And that online part is what we're talking about today. Because this school, this is the only school in the Diocese of Orange that has elected to go completely online for the coming year. And we've been talking about how that transition took place. The school was a struggling school for a while, if we can just call it that. I think it's fair. And when I say that, I don't necessarily mean by its community. It sounds like your community standards are very, very high. One of the things that uh, schools do every six years or so, three to six years, is called the WASC program with an accreditation and you were saying that when they came in and examined your school, that was one of the highest marks was the community. So the community's strong, but financially, when you get down to a hundred kids or so, that's really hard to pay salaries and to maintain a, a brick and mortar plant. Absolutely. So the transition took place. It was sort of bumpy for some, but some of the staff has been retained and most of the kids are planning to come back. What about you? You joined this community a few years ago. What's this transition been like for you? It's been a soul-searching transition. I think like most people right now, um, you know, life's changed a little bit, and we've started to re-examine priorities. And... A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> just a little. And, and so on and so forth. So just like everybody else, it's been a journey, and it's been, you know, I always find um, my faith very strong, but I struggle during times like this too. You know, that's when I, I know I need to hold on tighter to God and my faith um, during times like this. So You need to trust in those God shots. I do need to trust in those God shots. So in this transition then, what's been sustaining you? I think it's the idea that I get to create something new. Um, for a long time, I wanted to deny the fact that I'm a builder and because it's hard to build. It's a lot of work to build. It's, it's mental and, and um, it's hard and there's hard conversations that go along with it. And I think I've finally embraced the fact that I'm a rebuilder 
And um, this is something that I am excited about rebuilding because we get to maintain the St. Polycarp community or a sense of it at least. Where did Mary Flock come from? We've sure. talked briefly, and I know that you have a background in I education do. that was back quite a ways. So what's been your walk? When when people are entrusting their children to you, what's the human being that they're <laughs> entrusting to? Sure. Well, I came from a really strong Catholic family. I'm the youngest of five girls, and I grew up with a mom and dad who um, their main focus was on education. And so all my sisters and I um, went through Catholic elementary school, went through Catholic high school, um, went on to college. The conversation was never if we went to college. It was always when. Um, and so we all have gone and graduated. And I didn't actually start out in education. My very first job was um, with Starbucks Coffee Company as a human resource generalist. Oh, wow. And I bounced so around So you didn't there. make any coffees. You I, just I did. You drank I a lot of coffee. I did drink a lot of coffee. I, <laughs> yes, yes. Fortunately, I've kicked that habit. Oh. <laughs> um, but I, I then I moved up to San Francisco with the company, with Starbucks, and, and it was the dot-com boom. The world was all, all a buzz, and I jumped ship and went to a dot-com company. And then I was there for a couple of years, moved back down here, and... Like all good dot-com companies of that time, it went under. Okay. And um, I didn't know it because I was living down here, and it was the summer, and I hopped on a conference call, and there was nobody else on the other line. And so, Wow. <laughs> yeah. So I thought to myself, what is it that you want to do with your life? And I decided I wanted to teach. And it was uh, the end of August. It was probably about this time, 20 years ago, and I just started looking for a job. I want to back up for for sure. just a moment sure. because every once in a while you hear that kind of a story and I, well, I've decided where to teach. It almost sounds like, well, my consolation prize is <laughs> I get to go teach, but it really isn't always that way. I, I know people, and, and having been a principal myself, you interview a lot of people. Sure. And people will find when they've been in the business world and they've been dealing with bottom lines and budgets and People who are out to make money for a, a, an impersonal organization that some people decide, no, I want that humanity. I want to be able to touch lives. Somehow I'm looking at you. I'm, lis I'm listening to your story. People can't see you on, on the radio, but the way you're describing it, I suspect part of that's in this, isn't it? Sure. Sure. Yeah. So I, I was totally your desperation hire. There's no doubt. It was a week before school started and... Sister Kathleen Marie was kind enough to give me a job, and and I taught second grade, and I loved it. I instantly fell in love with the kids and knew that this is what I wanted to do. What was her name, Sister? Kathleen Marie. Sister Kathleen Marie was very kind to you. Second grade is a beautiful, beautiful grade to teach. It is, and I had, I, you know, I, and at the time I had forgotten that that's when where the sacraments were. You know, yes. I was long out of school, and so that was a blessing to yeah. be able to prep these students for their first reconciliation, their first Holy Communion. That was probably my favorite part. And it, I spent five years. I went to school for my credential, and, and then I w ran into a friend of mine who was at a high school, and he said, hey, you want to come teach at a high school? And I live my life a lot like, yeah, why not? That sounds like fun. And so I left my school in 2005 and went into high school, and I became the dean of discipline. So I went from second grade to the dean of discipline in a high school. Yeah, but the, 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 they're bigger, <laughs> but they're, they've got the same mentality. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Um, and, yeah, I, I loved it. I, that was that was one of my See, favorite there, jobs. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say it. I, I can't relate to you on that. I was a dean of discipline at a high school, and I couldn't wait to get out of it. I found no pastoral way to expel a child. Well, you know, I was a religion <laughs> teacher, too, and there isn't. And fortunately for me, I didn't have to do the expelling. And, I, and I, I really looked at it more like I need to build relationships. Any of these kids who are doing some of these things, there's a reason. They're hurting or they're unhappy. And so, so you would have made a great campus minister. <laughs> yeah, I, I had thought about that a time, a time or two. Um, but it. It was, I loved it. And and really, I think that that gave me some really necessary skills to become a principal. Sure. You know, I, I will tell you my first two years as a dean, I cried probably every day because it you it's never a good conversation when you yeah. call. And, and then I started creating opportunities to make better phone calls because I needed to for my soul. Sure. You know? Yeah. But it, it definitely gave me a skill set that I probably wouldn't have had had I not had that. You know, you have tough conversations when you're a dean and you have tough conversations with parents and you, you look at children and you look at patterns and you look at how their behavior is going and then changes. And, and so that was definitely came in handy when I became a principal. 
um, that ability to communicate with parents effectively and, and really, really remembering that it's about the children. And so I love that. I love that piece of it. What happened after that? Um, well, I, again, decided it would be fun to, you know, become a principal. And so I started applying and I told my current principal where I was the dean, I said, listen, no one's going to hire me. I have absolutely no skill set, but I'm going to, I need to learn how to interview again. So I'm going to throw my name in, in the pot, but don't worry, let's find a dean for the year and I'll train them. And um, I ended up at a struggling school in the um, Archdiocese of Los Angeles. There were 42 kids when I got hired. Um, 42. There were 42 kids. Had I actually walked on campus and walked around, I might not have taken the job. There were 37 oh. broken windows. It was the school. The school was broken and the yeah. community was broken. And so um, I, I fortunately was paired with a pastor who in his previous life had been a, an elementary school Catholic vice principal. So he he understood school speak. Um, which School is, dynamics. Yes, yeah. which is a great, great quality to have, sure. um, especially when uh, you have a pastor. And I just remember us walking around the campus, and he was brand new, and I was brand new, and he just kept apologizing. I'm so sorry. I'm so <laughs> sorry. And I was like, it's okay. We're going to do this. And I brought my family over, and we cleaned up the school, and we started it in two days. And we um, we knew we had a, a year to rebuild, or it was probably going to close too. And we just got to work, and I... I hired I had to hire new teachers and I was lucky enough to hire some really great individuals who wanted to go on this rebuild journey with me and, and were excited about it and we just got to work and we painted and we got windows fixed and and I just remember thinking there's no money in this and so we need to build the school community I need to make these kids fall in love with this school and we need to encourage um, you know their voice we need to encourage confidence. Uh, we need to inspire them to want to go to college and be great by growth, not necessarily by I'm not the smartest in the class, but really every child growing. And so we were able to do that. And then I, I, I left there and I came to St. Polycarp to. How, how how did the results go at my previous that, school? Yeah. Well, when we got there, there were 42 kids. And when I left in 2018, there were 230. Wow. Yeah. So. And that's actually a good number. It was great. Anything over 200 is is marginally good. Anything towards that middle range of 200s is usually a pretty healthy school. Sure. It took seven years. It was a long road, but we changed the reputation. We changed the academics. We changed the the attitude of the kids and the families. It was really a, a we-can-do-this attitude. And they wow. went... I, I followed a lot of them. Um, I, I found that kind of the secret is to find out how these kids are doing in high school. And if we can set these kids up for success in high school, um, there's less disciplinary problems that they have. And and so it, it really, that's how I track them. And that's what I came to St. Polycarp to do is build from the inside out. Now, St. Polycarp School has been kind of a struggle up until you were you were in the process of growth. We, we were in, in the process of um, kind of breaking down and rebuilding. Okay. And then COVID kind of pushed, you got a hundred, anything could push it over the edge. So COVID Absolutely. kind of pushed, and this is where we had our conversation before, the positive transitional decision was to move this forward. You said that it was kind of traumatic. Has it had a, a positive spiritual effect on you to make this decision as you're facing forward into the coming school year? It has the ability to. I'm leading you. If it's not a negative one, tell me. It's I know. Important to know. We'll no. pray for you. You've got thousands of people listening to you now. They're going to pray for you. I do <laughs> want prayers. Don't don't get me wrong. There's there's a lot of speed bumps along the way, and there's been a lot of my hand on my forehead saying, "What have I gotten myself into?" Um, but ultimately, I I it, I felt like much as I did at my first school, I'm being led by the Holy Spirit and God, and these are just. Things are, are really kind of falling into place. Sure, there's hiccups and there's roadblocks, but with every one of those, there comes a solution. And and the solution, thankfully, hasn't been too hard to find. And it's just, you know, and the support of the diocese has been phenomenal. So it, it's just there's a team of people who really have the ultimate goal of, of providing this Catholic community online for our Catholics who just can't go back into school right now. My understanding is that you have, you said there's about 80% or so that are interested in coming back. I take it there are some other students from other schools that have inquired and from other regions as well. Tell me just a, a little bit about that. Sure. So we're getting interest from as far south as San Clemente and as far north as Eugene, Oregon. So 
Wow. We and then you know Temecula and so and this is we haven't we haven't advertised it we haven't marketed we, actually I take that back we just started advertising it um, about two weeks ago but this has all been done just word of mouth and um, you know the diocese put out a, a letter saying this was an option for our families who that twenty percent who had said they wanted to stay online here's an option for you that's fantastic. We're talking with Mary Flock, who is the principal at St. Polycarp School, the new online Catholic Academy for the Diocese of Orange. And when we come back in our last segment, I want to talk about why people would want to come here. You're listening to Orange County Catholic Radio. I'm Rick Howick, your host, and we will be right back. And welcome back to Orange County Catholic Radio. I'm Rick Howick, your host, and with me today is Mary Flock, who is from St. Polycarp School, which is the Diocesan Online Catholic Academy. There's a lot of opportunity here for a lot of our listeners to be able to either take advantage of it themselves, if that's something they would like to do, or to pass on the information to people they might know who, for whatever reason, really are still looking for an online experience. They may not want to do it at their public school. They may have a school that is going back 100% to an in-person school, and while that's usually advantageous for a lot of people, not for all. And there are going to be some some people that are going to benefit from this. Why is it, if you're going to bottom line it, why is it that a parent may want to send their child to your school instead of, say, going to a, a public school online program or if they've decided they don't want to go to an in-person experience at their existing Catholic school, why would they want to choose your school? Well, I think probably the number one reason is because we will be a virtual classroom. We will be teaching to the children in real time, and there will be small group interaction, and there will be student interaction. And so, you know, without the masks, without the COVID regulations, our kids can talk to each other back and forth albeit online, but they're not going to have some of those barriers that they would potentially at a traditional brick and mortar school. And then if you're looking at programs online, you know, any of these kind of homeschooling or online options, it really is just a curriculum then that the parents themselves have to teach. So we really want to pull the parents away from that teaching aspect because they're parents, they're not teachers. And we want to take on that responsibility to do our jobs and, and teach the children in a way that we've been trained to do. And then, you know, obviously as a Catholic environment, being able to instill our core values, you know, we're, we're talking about commitment, responsibility, service, and integrity, and integrating those into our curriculum along with our faith. So that's really, you know, with this online platform, what we want to do and provide for our families. So there there is a, a, an important fundamental difference between the government schools and the Catholic Absolutely. schools and that the curriculum is Catholic oriented and this is a complete Catholic school curriculum. So some of the, the, the things that have been controversial in the last few years that have been adopted by some of the public school systems are not in the Catholic school program. Absolutely. And you're working with a Catholic school program. Right. This is really Polycarp's curriculum adapted to online learning. Yes. Yes. So what about cost? I'm familiar that there are a number of expenses that are involved with any program that goes online. Is this the same cost as what it was to go to the brick-and-mortar version of what Polycarp used to be? No, fortunately and unfortunately, we have been able to reduce cost because there's just less less overhead and less things that we have to do without kids in our on our campus. So um, we've been able to reduce the cost um, to tuition. So for one student um, for the year, it's $5,000. And for most other schools in the in the Diocese of Orange, it ranges roughly from where to where. You know, that's a great question. Probably five thousand and pl- five thousand up is yeah. is really five thousand would be the kind of the bare minimum, okay. and then it goes up from there. We also have multi child discounts, which is that's where we're going to probably see the biggest. Um, two children in our school is seven thousand. Oh, that's um, a big discount. Mm-hmm. And typically, it's probably in a brick and mortar school going to be closer to ten. 000. Yeah, I was going to say most of the time the first child isn't much of a discount. It's like ten percent right. maybe. So that's that's like half. That's yes. really good. 
So if you had three kids going through, it's nine thousand. Ooh, so that man, you're really you're, you're okay. So anybody who has a traditional Catholic family, meaning six, seven, eight right. kids. <laughs> Uh, and if they're all in the elementary grade levels, they can come for a bargain. The old station wagon rate is coming back. Yes, it is. Wow. That was used to, people don't even know what that is. Just load them all in the back of the station wagon. And they all get <laughs> to go. So if we're looking then at why people would want to come here, tell me, what's the program going to then be like for someone? If you compared it to what are the pros, what are the cons, and what is it going to be? Bottom line, why do I as a parent want to bring my child to your school? Well, I think there's a couple reasons. One, it's it's Catholic-centric. So w- most people who bring their kids to Catholic school like that faith formation. But like other Catholic schools, we will have you know accountability and some structure and discipline. So let me back up for just a moment. We had talked earlier about when the accreditation committees come through, your number one accolade that they would give you was your Catholic identity right. in your community. Okay. So that's all going to maintain here. Absolutely. Then you're saying that there is, is what else? Well, and the curriculum, I think at a, a Catholic school, it tends to be a bit more rigorous and we're going to maintain that as well. So we'll teach the common core standards, you know, so what you would get at a brick and mortar Catholic school, you'll find in our program, our public school counterparts, um, you know, we, we try to push our kids to a level where they're ready for Catholic high school experience, which is college preparatory, so that then they're going to college or a trade school and that they are prepared and can grow in that trade. So, you know, that's ultimately our goal is to make sure these kids are successful. And I think the other thing is one of the foundational pieces of Catholic school is the community we build. And, you know, as I said earlier, online is just a platform we're using to provide the instruction, but really we're going to hold tight to our Catholic roots and our Catholic foundation to build the Catholic community within this online program. One of the things that I have done in the past uh, includes teaching online. And what I had noted was exactly that. we I had I had teacher's assistants. I had one of them that was up in the Truckee area uh, and doing all of her entire program up there while she was correcting papers and I had uh, students that were from, there were, one was in Singapore and was taking the course. So over time, this can be an expansive thing. Is that the hope and the dream that this will provide an opportunity to reach out to a much wider, broader audience and bring Catholic education? Sure. I think, you know, um, the Diocese of Orange is very visionary when it comes to, to this type of program. Um, and I think that the goal is to, you know, let's be real. I, I don't know how soon we're going to get back to the normal that we were used to. So I think online education is probably here to stay for a while. And and then for some groups, probably here permanently, depending on, um, you know, their desires in, in education. And so being able to provide this for our kids and then opening it up to everybody else and growing uh, you know, and, and providing a Catholic education online that's robust and has that Catholic feel to it is is such a great opportunity for us, and it's it's a privilege really to be able to to do this. And then into the future, a lot of people don't realize this, but right now there are enough courses online that are available at the college level where people can get their first two years of college done entirely online and entirely for free. Sure which means that this is going to become more and more and more of the opportunity for people and for our students to master how to learn in an online format is going to become a very important skill set for a lot of people into the future. Absolutely, and I and I hope with that they take the ability to bring community into that online program because they really are those online there's online classes in high schools you know you can be in high school and take some online college courses for credit so this is definitely we are providing an opportunity for our kids to be ahead of the game in terms of um, you know some of the opportunities they'll have as they get older so when we're talking about the ability for students to be able to learn in a catholic environment it's all there Mm-hmm. To build a community, there are some downsides to not being all together physically, but this is as close as you're going to come probably right. from a virtual perspective. And this is going to build a skill set for our our children into the future where very likely this format is going to become more and more important for them to learn how to do well. Of course. And I think our kids are so 
um, well-versed in technology that we're going to learn from them, too, how to build community. And I, think, I hope so. <laughs> I desperately need that for my kids. <laughs> and I think so. You know, and we'll do we'll do fun things for the our eighth graders who are going to graduate this year and try to do some some virtual events that makes it memorable for them. And and you know, our first uh, our, our students receiving the sacraments. You know, these are these are opportunities for us to still provide that spiritual um, growth for them and that, those spiritual moments for them. It's just going to look different. And I I think that for our students and the resiliency of young children, I think they're going to be okay with it. Because they are already on cell phones and on video games that I think providing this opportunity that they can see that you can build faith and build community in this way is, is going to be really, really great for their futures. This is going to be very, very interesting to see how you, you, you pull this off in the end. Because just you were talking about sacraments. It's going to be very interesting not only to be able to reach out to all the different parishes because technically the pastors have to sign off on those. But your different diocese, because you've got Eugene, Oregon now that's involved with this. Is the Bishop of Eugene going to be okay with uh, Bishop Kevin Van uh, in preparing their children for sacraments? This is this is the wave of the future, though. This is the way it's it's going to be going. Well, we are one big universal church, so hopefully. The word Catholic with a small c versus a large c. Very good. Mary Flock, thank you very, very much for coming in and for chatting with us a little bit and explaining how St. Polycarp School Online Catholic Academy for the Diocese of Orange is going to be a road to the future for our students so they can learn how to learn online. Thank you for coming in. Thanks for having me. Would you please lead us in a word of prayer? Absolutely. Lord, thank you for this opportunity to sit here and and speak about Catholic schools in general and the mission of Catholic schools and, and the opportunity to keep it alive, whether we're online or brick and mortar. Keep all of our schools and our staffs and our and our students um, safe and the world safe during this pandemic. And, and bless everybody involved in this radio station and, and our listeners um, with, with an abundance of your mercy and grace. And uh, we ask this through your name in Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to Orange County Catholic Radio. With me today has been Mary Flock who is the principal at St. Polycarp School. By the way, if people wanted to get information on this, St. Polycarp, what's your website? Our website is www.stpolycarpschool.org, and Polycarp is P-O-L-Y-C-A-R-P. And so it's just S-T and then Polycarp School, all one word, dot org. And it's in Stanton, if anyone wants to plug that in when they do the search engine, and they can then look up and see how they can get how more information. How they can on find this. more information and, and more information about the school if they have it. And if they would like to share this information, they can go to our podcast, and that's at OCCatholic.com, and they can go to the radio tab, and down there will be a number of radio programs we produce, including this one, our flagship show, Orange County Catholic Radio. And they can either listen again to this podcast or share it with a friend. Thank you for listening, and we will see you again next week.